What's up, friends? This is Stephen Brogan Cortez. Welcome to the Why the F Not podcast. This is episode 53. Today, I got a friend from college again. <laughs> I, got, I just got tons of friends from college, man. That's like the one thing I got from college other than my degree. But another great friend, Sarkis Bakalian. Uh, he's an actor, screenwriter, and comedian. One of the I know a lot of great people, obviously. You've heard the podcast. I know, I know a lot. I'm, I'm lucky to be surrounded by a lot of wonderful human beings. And uh, Sarkis, is, he's one of them for sure. I uh, hope you enjoy the show. Uh, we just get into some Star Wars talk. We get into movie talk. Um, it's, it's a good time. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Why the If Not podcast. Boop, start recording. Mm-hmm. Uh today, today, today's a special day, N- not just because of who I'm speaking with today, but because th- today's the first time I did a double session today, and I'm only willing to do a double sesh for one person, okay, and that is going to be the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sarkis Bakalian. What's up, brother? Hello, hello. How are you doing, good sir? Dude, I'm... I'm good. I'm good. I thought I'd be tired, honestly. I didn't I didn't know how I was going to react. My body was going to respond to having two sessions, but I'm overthinking it, bro. My anxiety is fucking through the roof. Like, they're just conversations, and I'm over here over, like, just building them into these, like, monoliths of, like, <laughs> obstacles I have to do, but I get to do this, and I get to talk to you, and it's I'm feeling great. How you doing, there buddy? You go. I'm great, man. I can't complain. Life is great. Uh... I'm talking to a friend I haven't seen or talked to in what six years now. Jeez, no way. Has it really been Has six it been? years? I mean, didn't we graduate in sixteen? Was it twenty oh sixteen? Yeah, yeah. Damn, man. thank God it's for social long. media, dude. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It makes it feel like I don't know, like it hasn't been six years. I feel like I've seen what you've been doing in your life. I think, like, I love watching your stories. I love watching like what you put. It just feels like all my friends are just still near me. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I've been keeping up with your podcast. I've been listening to some of the episodes. I'm like, oh, okay, favorite word of the day or, you know, not favorite word of the day. I'm like, oh, okay, interesting. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, okay. <laughs> Dude, so you did you prep for those questions? I'm going to... Uh, somewhat, not entirely. I, I wanted to go in somewhat fresh. I, I didn't listen to entire podcast episodes okay. just because I, want, I wanted to be surprised, so... I like it. I like it. All right. Well, this is this is a very relaxed show. You know, we just talk about anything we want to talk about, anything we love, we're passionate about. So, like, let's just let's just kick it off there, man. Like, is there anything like what's like what are you geeking out about at the moment? Oh, man. Um, lately, there have been a lot of rumors about Silent Hill video game. Uh, the franchise needs to be rebooted and uh, revived somehow, and it hasn't been. There hasn't been a proper entry since God, 2013, I would say. Really, that long? Yeah, yeah. It's been such a long time, and uh, I've been keeping up with it because uh, it's such a niche franchise. It's survival horror, but it's done in a way that, like, the story, the the narrative, it's. It's very psychological, so uh, I've been uh, keeping up with some uh, news stories regarding that. And uh, Konami, not a not a very consumer friendly company, uh, as we've come to notice. What have they been doing? What's going? What's why are they shady? Uh, well, it's because 
back in, what was it, 2015, Hideo Kojima, the creator of uh, Metal Gear Solid, my favorite video game franchise, he, uh, he had a falling out with Konami, and it was like very public. Uh, contract was terminated by the end of 2015 when Metal Gear Solid V was released. And then they, he also got his Silent Hills game canceled, which was a, supposed to be a reboot of the Silent Hill games. And um, yeah, Konami just, I don't know, they kind of had it out for Kojima or something. I don't know what was going on, but uh, it's, it's just not a pretty sight. So None of that was explained? Nothing of like why Kojima was kicked out or nothing? It just like cut the ties by? Yep, pretty much. Uh, and... Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of people were speculating. Oh, maybe he, you know, had some, I don't know, bad blood with like the higher ups. Who knows? Because like in the development uh, of Metal Gear Solid Five, uh, there was some shady stuff going on. They were keeping Kojima separate from his team. What? They weren't allowing him to talk to. He had to like talk to them through like like a Zoom call almost to other like cubicles in his office. It was so weird. Wait, there he was being... Wait, when was this? Was this pre-COVID? Yeah, it was like 2014, 2015. Oh, wait. Yeah. So they were... So, yeah, they were sabotaging him. Mm-hmm. And... and what, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to... What was the... Because I'm not... Uh, there's so many fucking games out there nowadays. It's so <laughs> hard to keep up, dude. But... Yeah. I, so I'm not well-versed with, with Konami and, and the Metal Gear games, but... That game where he, where the creator seemed to be like sabotaged left and right with creating it. How did that game turn out? Was that that was the latest Metal Gear? Yeah. That, well, actually, there was another Metal Gear after that, but after they that was after they cut ties with Kojima, so it wasn't as successful. Um, they turned it into a zombie shooter game. It, it was not very good. But uh, Metal Gear Solid Five was the last successful Metal Gear game even though they had cut a lot of content out. They were on a strict timeline. Konami was like, we got to get this game out. We're not going to mess around. Even though Kojima wanted to keep adding more to it, it, it felt like an incomplete game, even though it was amazing. It's just there was a lot of story that was untold, unfortunately. Did that game suffer the same, the same ordeal that hits a lot of games nowadays where the... They're just pushed way too early. Uh, They're pushed out before they're ready. So we get DLC. We get expansion packs where it's like, oh, it's the rest of the game. And it's like, wait, shouldn't I have gotten this originally? <laughs> Why am I paying $30 for an update, Nintendo? Yeah, no. Uh, no, actually, it didn't have that problem. That That's what Kojima and his team were good at. Um, however, uh, they did push microtransactions a lot uh, that's what konami uh, wanted from this game because um after this game they kind of just cut ties with the triple a development studios they just they they're they went all mobile gotcha like, was it they're i think they're called gotcha games got i i think so yeah like Yu-Gi-Oh is like one of their biggest games on mobile right now they're making billions off of that it just sucks because like those games would be fun, but like you you have to just pay so much money. There's so many microtransactions so that. And here here's the thing, I would much rather pay sixty dollars for a game that's been 
well-made, well-tested, and it's ready for me to use instead of like playing some game that's just teasing me with elements, more elements. Oh, you want to use this weapon? Oh, you want this mount? You want yeah. this skin? It's like, <laughs> yeah. fuck, man. Ten, yeah. 9.99 again, I guess. Yeah. No, it is annoying. And uh, Konami's embraced that market very much so. Uh, it's It sucks because they have some very special IPs that are not being touched. Metal Gear, after Kojima left, like... He was the mind of Metal Gear. There's no way they're going to be making another Metal Gear with that same mindset. Uh, Castlevania. Ooh. When was the last time you saw a proper Castlevania game? Too long. Yeah. Silent Hill, again, another great example. It, it's just, I don't know, man. It's It sucks. When companies get greedy, it's very horrible for the consumer especially. The market changes. It's like you can't blame them because those gotcha games, man, those like fucking what was it? Uh, like uh, what's what's another one of those gotcha games that everyone's playing? It's like with those anime characters and you unlock uh, Genshin Impact. Yes, Genshin Impact. <laughs> Do you play that? I don't, but I've heard a lot about it. Yeah. Dude, that's another one of those games where it's just it's pure and en- like endorphins. It's just pure not endorphins, dopamine, pure mm-hmm. dopamine. Just like the uh, unlock, 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 and you feel so good, dude. Yeah. And they they advertise, oh, it's free to play, Ugh. and then you see the small disclaimer: in-app purchases. <sighs> and then they fuck with you even more, and they're like, hey, we have this pack. Normally, mm-hmm. we sell it for four thousand dollars but today uh-huh. 79.99 yeah. special deal just for you just for you you're gonna save just so much you. money yeah no it's way like, it's like fuck off dude <laughs> it's like did you ever play marvel versus capcom uh the the latest one that came out infinite yeah yeah like it came out first marvel versus capcom 3 came out and it was like a roster of 12 characters and it was it was incomplete and then capcom was like oh my bad my bad uh here's another game the same thing 10 more characters some dlc that you can buy and it looks a little better oh uh, yeah freaking capcom they did that with street fighter 4 if you remember Back in what was it, two thousand eight, Street Fighter Four came out, mm-hmm. and then they're like, "Oh wait, let's let's release another one with more characters and stages." Super Street Fighter Four. Oh wait, we forgot to add more stuff. Super Street Fighter Four Arcade Edition, and then ultimately there was an Ultra Street Fighter Four, which is like the best version of the game. So they had like four or five different versions of that game. And like, come on, do I really have to pay another forty, fifty dollars to get the new version? Come on. Like are are companies like is 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 it pure greed or do they actually need to make Street Fighter Four Arcade Edition and Super Street Fighter Four Extra Shit Edition? Like, do <laughs> they need to make that? You think, or or is it just greed? They're like, we just want extra forty dollars from you. Uh, Capcom actually recently changed their uh, approach somewhat. Um, like Street Fighter Five, I think. If you wanted to upgrade to the new version, you would have to pay uh, like a smaller fee, not the full, you know, premium for the like disc if you wanted to buy it. Mm. But if you wanted to upgrade to, say, the champion edition, it would be like $15 extra or something. So they they've approached it somewhat more leniently uh, as of late. But uh, I don't know. It's just like, why can't we just I, I'd rather wait 
another year or two years for the game to have everything included and then sell it to me for a high premium. I don't care. I'll pay $80 for mm -hmm. it. You know? Like, it's just, it's ridiculous that we have so much content cut out from the beginning. Mm. Have you played, uh, have you played Elden Ring? Oh, I've heard so much about it, but no, not yet. What a, it's a, it's a, it's a goddamn masterpiece, dude. It yeah? is such oh, a beautiful man. game. Everything you described right there, this game has. Like it, it, it feels complete. It feels like its own world. And the best part about it, I think, is like unlike other games, because I'm playing Assassin's Creed of Valhalla right now. And mm -hmm. just like a lot of games, this game has a difficulty meter. You can change story, difficulty, normal, hard, whatever. Elden Ring does not have that. What? <laughs> so it's just challenging all the way through. Play the game. Just play just the play game. It. This, oh, I love this that. is the best made game I think I've ever touched in my life. It's like it's one of those games that teaches you without preaching to you like fucking i don't know if you ever saw that old school youtube video ego raptor made but it's when he's breaking down mega man and fucking mega man legends you have fucking roll coming in like mega man mega man do you know that if you press a you can jump it's like shut the fuck up let me figure it out dude <laughs> yeah this yeah. game has none of that it doesn't spell anything out for you but the path mm -hmm is so well laid out for you dude like the literal path the environment like when you walk out of the tutorial cave like the the area where it's mainly for tutorial just to show you basic stuff while you play you walk out this beautiful world is in front of you and then you're just walking 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 and all of a sudden you see this giant golden guardian he's like this knight on a horse and he's at least five to ten times bigger than you and you think to yourself oh this is the first enemy i, I should be yeah. able to kick his ass let's go why not <laughs> i just left tutorial cave like bro level yeah. one easy bro that dude destroys you <laughs> like charges you and shows you moves you're not even ready for my dude oh this game immediately shows you challenges will be presented to you but that doesn't mm -hmm. mean you have to attack them you can go around and explore find out mm -hmm. what you have to do this game like ah. it like if you want to figure out npc storylines which they have plenty of you have to go search them out mm. either looking them up online or you you you're curious enough and you found yourself an npc you talk to them listen to what they say and remember because there's no log telling you like oh mission this do this there's none of that oh wow yeah i've heard great things about that game and george r, r. martin i think was uh was one of the uh, i think they consulted him for the game i believe not so mistaken. yeah so yeah that game I, and the company that made it from software they've made plenty of great games bloodborne demon souls dark souls like those guys are geniuses um Damn, yeah, that let looks like a game. Something. I, I wonder, like, what is, let me see, the timeline of From Software games. Like, how much time in between each game? Like, because mm, like, their last game, uh, so their latest game is Elden Ring, but before that was their latest game. Uh, Sekiro, I think. Oh, Sekiro. Oh, my God. It, was it? 
Yeah, I started playing that fucking pairing. That's like pairing <laughs> the game. Oh my god. <laughs> Let's see. Um do 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 bottom of the list. Elden Ring. Yes, Sekiro. Shadows yeah. died twice. What is Derasine? What? Oh, I haven't even heard of that. What a, the heck? Is a first-person adventure game developed by From Software and published by Sony Interactive Entertainment for the PS4. Oh, that's why hmm. I haven't heard of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not oh, you're an Xbox it. guy? Yes, sir. Xbox and PC. Nice, nice. But let's see. Elden. So Dark Souls came out 2016. Mm-hmm. And then we had to wait 2019 for Sekiro. Mm-hmm. And then 2022 for Elden Ring. Good things take time, man. Yeah. But they might have multiple teams working on several projects. Who knows? Like of simultaneously. Course. Of course. But, yeah. But they're no, not it's... like Call of Duty where they're just pumping out oh. a game every year. And it's the same oh, game over God. and over. And, of course, they had to reboot Modern Warfare because nobody was buying their crap games anymore. No. No, I mean Modern Warfare One and Two are the best ones in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I like the Black Ops uh, series early on, but nowadays eh, it's whatever. You ever play the zombies for Black Ops? Yeah, yeah, I love the zombies. Oh, dude, because okay, because the one thing I definitely miss about video games that I think they've lost this now is campaign, story, narrative. Mm-hmm. It's all about battle royales now and just loot, shooting loots and whatever, right? But Modern Warfare 1 to Modern Warfare 2 had some of the best storyline I've ever experienced as a child, bro. Have you played Black Ops 1? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, I have. <laughs> hell yeah. I'm, oh, I played all the Black Ops. They're, I, I'm a zombie head, dude. The, yeah. zom- the zombie lore alone, I think... That's what that tops anything for me. No, but the campaign of Black Ops One. Have you played that? Oh yeah, like the like the it's like a CIA spy stuff in the was mm-hmm. it eighty? Red. Uh, it, six. It was no, during the Cold sorry. War era. Cold War no, is sorry. the latest one. Yeah. That's the latest Black Ops. The original mm-hmm. Black Ops that was like JFK, like sixties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that had like a awesome twist. It had like a very Fight Club esque story oh the twist that was that was brilliant i love mm-hmm. that i love stories that mess with you that there's just oh, something special about those but yeah i think that's because i mean especially because you know you and i were we're performers we like we're also video game enthusiasts and also we love movies too right like tv mm-hmm. and film that we get accustomed to hearing these stories and we you know they can get kind of predictable right oh yeah so it's fun oh shit See, you didn't you expect okay? that. See, something fell. Yeah, see? How oh, dang. That? That, that was, was an not accident. Part of the... That was totally no, an accident. Not... <laughs> but I played along with it. There you go. But I think we like to like be fucked around with, right? As an audience member, we don't like I want I want to watch something that completely goes over any expectation I had. Mm. Let me ask you a question. Mm. I'll put you on the spotlight. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite movie? <gasps> Ooh, it depends. My comfort movie, and this might sound cheesy, but my comfort movie, if I'm sad, sick, feeling crappy, Princess Bride. The Princess Ooh, Bride. Okay. That right. just, it just, it just makes me happy. I don't know what it just, that's my feel good movie. But 
when it comes to say uh, like what do i think is one of like a movie that changed me mm-hmm. and that it has a special place in my heart probably clerks ah classic kevin smith's clerks just because of the impact it had in my life it was very uh influential and inspirational for me kevin smith alone is a huge inspiration of mine you know the creation of this podcast the name kind of indirectly inspired by kevin smith you know nice are you excited for clerks three oh my body is so (laughs) ready dude so ready yeah that's gonna be so much fun and do, the story behind Clerks 3 alone, like mm-hmm. that wasn't going to be made. It wasn't? No, Clerks 3 was something that Kevin wanted to make for years now, years. And like mm-hmm. I remember I posted the first time Kevin started even writing a script for Clerks 3. And it, he even said himself in his podcast, like the the movie wasn't coming off the ground because he didn't want to make clerks three unless he could have everything and everyone that is clerks. So he didn't Mm. have all his pieces, so he couldn't make Uh it. His heart attack changed it all. Ah, okay. Yeah. His heart attack, not his heart attack changed it all by giving us Jay and silent Bob a reboot. Have you seen Mm -hmm. that? I haven't seen it yet, but I heard great things. That was inspired. That came about because he had his heart attack, which honestly, that alone is that gives me my inspiration to stay close <laughs> to my friend Mary Jane, honestly, because marijuana saved his life. Did you hear that it, story? Yeah, yeah, I did hear about that. Dude, fuck. He's smoking a joint, sits down, lays down, has a heart attack. He's super calm through it all because he's just baked out of his mind. And then he's like, oh, no, I'm having a heart attack. Shit paramedics Mm. pick him up and they're like dude are you okay like you're having a heart attack but you're really calm and he's like no yeah yeah, i just smoked some weed earlier and the paramedics are like fuck that i think that saved your life it kept him calm yeah because i think he got the that widow maker or whatever like that 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 artery in the heart got clogged or something yeah and it's it's crazy how i i mean i haven't seen the film but uh in jane silent bob the remake they uh they filmed like part of it when he was still kind of big and then after the heart attack they had, they shot it again and it's like a complete <laughs> complete yeah. cut to him, him losing <laughs> weight it's like what the hell <laughs> oh man it's crazy yeah but uh, that's definitely a why not guy like did uh have you did you ever watch um tusk Tusk. I don't think I've even heard of that. What is oh, that? dude, Tusk. Tusk is. Uh, let me find the actual synopsis for it, but I'm gonna give you a rundown. It's starring our very good friend. Uh, what's his face? Ja Long. Long. What is it? Justin Long. Justin Long. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Starring Justin Long and uh, is this it? Yeah. Basically, the movie came about. Uh, during a podcast that Kevin was having. And he was reading this story about uh, a man in Canada who answered this ad because he needed a place to stay, room and board. And he found this ad uh, of a rich man with a home who has room and board available, free. Just there's one catch. There's only one thing you have to do, a caveat, if you will, if you want free room and board. 
And uh, the one thing was that once a day for about an hour a day, you would dress up like a walrus for him and act like a walrus. So you have to make (laughs) walrus sounds and don't be talking like a human. Oh, wow. Kevin found out eventually that the story he was reading was false. But he was inspired at that moment to be like, oh, dude, this is my uh, copyright Kevin Smith right now. I'm making this into a horror movie. Like, (laughs) this is a fucking horror movie and I'm going to make it. And he did a year later. Like, you got to see the process through his podcast as he talked about writing the script, going into production, post-production, up until the premiere of the movie itself. Damn. Was that like a... Was it an actual like horror film or is this supposed to be like a, a funny spoof of something? Straight up horror. Straight up horror? Oh my Dude, god. Dude, have you never seen Kevin's serious films? He's made serious movies too. I, I don't think I have. I don't know. So we know Clerks, we know Mall Rats, Clerks 2, all that mm-hmm. good stuff. But he's also made Tusk, which is mm-hmm. part of his the Great North horror trilogy that he wanted to make. So he made mm. two horror movies that are part of that great north. And by that, it, it's that they're all based in Canada because mm. Canada's great. I mean, people are feeling weird about Canada, but whatever. That's another conversation. But uh, I don't even know about that conversation. I, all I know is good stuff about Canada. <laughs> uh, there's some other stuff. I don't know. All like the native kids and like uh, uh, buried under churches. There's a lot of dark. You didn't hear about oh, that? Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, my God. You, I, I've I, been uh, living under a rock. Like, let me this? see. Hold up. This is ASMR for anyone. Just some like clickly clack. All right. This is from ABC News. This is ABC News, so not bullshit. Report over 600 bodies found at a di- at indigenous school in Canada. Oh. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Mm, yeah, I don't know. Some crazy shit. Some crazy shit. But that's not what we're not here talking about Canada. We, yeah, no, oh, no, no. We love Canada. <laughs> but Canada, like America, get it together. But Kevin Smith, yes. he got... Tusk, and then he also made Yoga Hosers, which was a movie. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty great name, right, dude? <laughs> I love that. Yoga Hosers is starring his kid Haley uh, Haley Quinn Smith. If you can't tell, he's a huge comic book fan. He straight up called his oh Haley oh Harley Quinn yeah ha- okay. oh, fuck me Harley Quinn. I've been watching too much One Tree Hill, dude. I have Haley in my head. Dude, I love that show. That's hey, it was close enough. I figured it was right? still Thank, inspiration. You got it. Yeah. yeah. But it's starring um, Harley Quinn Smith and uh, oh, is it Rose? Lily Rose? Uh, Johnny Depp's daughter. Oh, okay. Because I think they're okay. friends in real life. I don't know. But one of the best parts about those movies is, and you won't recognize them. I feel like if I tell you, you might be trying to look for him, but you might miss him. But a, a very well-renowned actor uh, makes an appearance, uh, a cam, not even a cam. At first, it's a cameo, but then in the Yoga Hosers movie, it's an actual, he's in the movie. But Johnny Depp is in the movie. What? No. Do you want me to show you a picture of what he looks like? In the, sure. In the movie here, Johnny Depp in, see. in Yoga Hosers. He plays the detective. Uh, I can't, I can't pronounce it just because I I don't see it in front of me. It's like some French name. Here it is. 
He plays the Canadian French detective Guy Le Pont. Le Pont? Le Pont. And dude, you won't <laughs> recognize him, dude. Him and his he has like prosthetics on his face and shit. Oh, Let's that's see. that's gotta be good. Oh, here you go. Ready? Yeah. I got a photo for you. I'm gonna send it via the Discord. Boom. Let's see. Johnny Depp Yoga Hosers. Let's see. Wait, what is this? Oh. Uh Oh my god. <laughs> it looks nothing like him. Uh this reminds me of uh Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder when they had a crazy makeover for him. Whoa. Iconic. Iconic. Oh my god. Look the the what is that? A pimple on his like cheek over it's there? Like oh a, my. It's some sort of sore. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a mole. Uh, it makes me so happy that he actually agreed to do this. Oh yeah, and then so there. So we have Tusk, we have Yoga Hosers, which is a bit more of a comedy horror film. Mm-hmm. Tusk is a bit more. It's a bit more. It's it. It, it gets creepy, dude. It gets really, oh, really creepy. And also in Tusk. So okay. So Kevin, bef- dude, my mind just jumps all over the place. So <laughs> Kevin Smith's made some crazy movies in his day. Like yeah, all the funny ones. But he made one movie. Um, let me find the name. What is this? Not that. Xenon. Why am I talking about Xenon? Warrior Princess. Oh, yeah. I like that. Dude. <laughs> Classic. I uh, I don't know if just because I was like a, a stereotypical young cis boy, hetero boy. <laughs> but like I was a Hercules fan. Like, I don't know. I was like, I want to be strong one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, remind me. Uh, did... Kevin Smith also do Dogma? Was that yes, him? sir. Okay, uh, okay. That was a classic, like, mashup. Mm-hmm. Dogma was his... Oh, my God, it's here. Oh, my God. Sorry. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah, so Dogma was his movie, basically his therapy of, of his relationship with Catholicism because he grew up Catholic. Mm, so okay. that's, like, that's all. And then, dude, that movie had... What's his face? Uh, George Carlin, dude. Oh, it did. You're right. He played oh, that, the Catholic priest. That that movie was stacked. I mean, just with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon alone. Mm-hmm. But like, they're they're like they usually show up in his movies. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Kevin gave Ben his first leading man role in Chasing Amy. Really? Well, how do I not know about this? What the hell, man? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Chasing Jeez. Amy. Like, I think Kevin said it. It was so funny, dude. Uh, Kevin's been like, if you're mad that ben, Ben's Batman, I think you only have me to blame. <laughs> I gave him his first <laughs> leading role. Because, yeah, he had he had Ben in Mallrats, but he was playing an asshole. He was playing like the bad mm. guy, right? But mm-hmm. what's his face? Kevin knew like, nah, man, Ben's got something. You know, so he wrote Chasing Amy, and I, I'm pretty sure, because uh, if I remember from his podcast stories, uh, that he wrote the character already in mind, thinking of Ben. Like in Dogma, fucking Alan Rickman's in that movie, and that's exactly how Kevin had it in his mind. He's like, yeah, I imagine that it was Alan Rickman coming down as an angel. Jeez. I mean, just his visionary mind alone, like, and he actually got these people to do his uh his script that's amazing 
And I, I think a lot of it has to do because he is brilliant. He's a great storyteller. Yes. But I think what also helps out is that he, he seems like a really dope guy. Oh, yeah. He looks very down to earth and just the way he talks is just already chill. Mm hmm. Stoner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking love him. Yeah. Uh, have you heard of Red State? Red State. Is that another movie? Yep. How that, have I not heard of this stuff, man? It's all good. I have too much time on my time. <laughs> on my time? Fuck. The weed's hitting. Um, <laughs> dude, Red State, another dramatic film from Kevin Smith. Let me just double check. Yeah, writer-director Kevin Smith starring the great Michael Park. This actor, like he, he passed away, I believe, unfortunately. Um, but one of the greatest actors I've ever seen, dude. And he's been around mm. for a while, but I got to see him in Tusk and Red State, and he plays the villain in both. Uh, Red State is, uh, it was inspired, Kevin was inspired to write Red State uh, during uh, those uh, horrible fucking people, those Westboro Baptist Church people. Mm -hmm. Remember how like when, when they were on the, uh, their highest celebrityism if you will they were like picketing uh the 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 funerals for was it was it not, it was it, it wasn't all military it was gay military who passed away like mm. like they would picket that they were hateful like a lot of homophobic shit just being slurred out right and kevin mm. smith's brother is gay um and he would go what's his face kevin would go with his brother to these like uh they would protest the protest as he would say uh, and he made his brother made a protest sign with the biggest glitteriest dick you could ever see <laughs> it was great yeah oh man and so red Wait. state is uh, the horror film dramatic dr dramatized version of like what how he sees them you know and it's oh dude you the first three words of the synopsis three horny teenagers <laughs> <laughs> yeah three horny uh, teenagers that's how it wow. starts can't can't believe their luck when they meet a woman online who says she wants to hook up with all three of them at once <laughs> what the hell oh, okay yeah. All right. John Goodman makes in a, has a has a part in this movie too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw him in the pictures. Oh man, these are some. See, I need to put these on my list. Like, I need to culturize myself a little more. Uh it's all right, man. What do you got? Tell me your now. Now that now that I've done. I'm done verbally masturbating Kevin Smith, which I don't mind at all. I love him. As you say it with that grovelly voice. Uh. I want to sound tougher for Kevin as I verbally masturbate Kevin Smith. You like it, Kevin? Oh, shut up. Uh, so what's your favorite movie? Okay, so uh, I would say my first favorite film is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh. Uh, I, I may be... Uh, I, I don't know. I I like movies that are unpredictable, like we talked about. But I, I'm also a romantic at heart. It's a somewhat of a rom com, but it has uh, dramatic elements, like heavy dramatic elements. Uh, the other film I really love, uh, as of late, The Departed. Oh my god, that freaking movie! Every time, I know it's coming, that ending. But it's still like 
my heart beats fast. It mm-hmm. just gets faster and faster every time. Oh my god! Even though you but, see all the X's when like someone's gonna die. Yeah, and that's that's Martin Scorsese, right? Yep, yep, yep. And I I believe if I'm correct me if I'm mistaken, but I believe there was a a Japanese film that was uh, inspired that inspired The Departed. That's why they made the film. I forget what it was called though. Uh, I gotta look Let me it up. See, but... um, Japanese film that inspired the departed. You know, it's. Let me see. Japanese film seems to always inspire some of the most prolific movie creators in America. Like even Quentin Tarantino, he's mm-hmm. many a times Japanese. Uh, he uh, refers to those films how they inspire him. Infernal Affairs. There you go. Oh, Infernal Affairs. Oh, actually, it was a Hong Kong cinema. Okay, I was mistaken. It was not Japanese. It was Chinese. Wow. Infernal Affairs. Yeah. So this was like a another crazy film that had like twists and turns every corner. So that's that's where uh, The Departed got their inspiration from. No way. Yeah, it was actually, yeah. See, Martin Scorsese remade the film in 2006 as The Departed, which won the Academy Award for Best Picture and Best Adapted Screenplay. Hell yeah. Oh, on my list now. Thanks, dude. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, going back to Eternal Sunshine, that Mm. movie, every time I watch it, I cry. It's it's one of those movies that it's it's so multi-layered and it's such a, teachable moment when you sit through that two hours you're like so yeah even though i do go through breakups or i experience these things in my life they're learning experiences i shouldn't have to want to erase those memories and so that i don't know have you seen that movie i've seen it yeah okay i just don't want to spoil anything no no of course Spoiler alert for for the movie now. If you haven't seen it, where have you been? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I used to avoid it. Not gonna lie, I think because yeah. of its because it's yeah, it's a rom com, but it's a it's a very it can be it has very heavy tones intertwined mm-hmm. within it, which I think any great movie would have. You know, comedic moments, but also you know, yeah, what's the and yeah, leveled levels? There you go. Yeah, but I think, like, that's one of the more underrated Jim Carrey films. Like, everyone knows Jim Carrey as, like, this over-the-top comedic actor, but, like, the the way he shines in this film, it's because he knows how to be over-the-top that he scales it down so much, and he's just this depressed person. Like, it's just, I don't know how to explain it, but it, he's... It's probably one of his best films, in my opinion. Hmm. Yeah, it's like uh, Robin Williams. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like they, there was something that was said in referring to him where it's like it's those with the biggest smiles or those who make us laugh the hardest that have the have the deepest darkness within them, or they're you know they face a darkness that's really deep, which is why they love. And they get so much from bringing so much joy to people because they know that darkness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, I think the opening sequence of Eternal Sunshine is just Jim Carrey, like, sobbing over the steering wheel. 
because he just broke up with this girl. I'm like, oh my god, Jim, where have you been? That alone <laughs> completely shatters your idea of Jim Carrey. Like, I think that's mm-hmm. the way they had to open the movie, right? Yeah. Because, yeah. like you were saying, we, we know Jim to be this over the top, you know, flamboyant actor of a character, right? But no, first scene, he's crying. Yeah. He's heartbroken. He's, uh, it's and it's amazing just the journey that character makes and uh i i don't want to spoil that movie but it no nah, so talk good. about it spoil it's it it's so freaking good because you got to talk about what it's making you feel right now dude i want to yeah. know what what tell me it's it's a total roller coaster right like one moment you're enjoying these two people interacting for the first time or it seems like it's the first time <laughs> and then and then you find out oh these people have met before and you're like whoa mind blown <laughs> i'm like oh my god just it plays with my my heart's chords that movie the the fact that kate winslet of all people is mm. playing opposite jim carrey like i would never have seen those two uh like and it just it just works chemistry wise and mark ruffalo's in it elijah wood Freaking Kirsten Dunst. Like, what a crazy cast that is. Stacked. Um, what's that? It's stacked. That's a good cast yeah. list right there. Yeah. And it's such um, an imaginative uh, movie, too, because they subvert what you're even seeing. They make mm-hmm. you think you're seeing one thing, but then they transition. Their scene, some of their scene transitions are, are almost like everything, everywhere, all at once. So creative. So creative. I have to see. Is that good? I have to <gasps> see that. Dude, uh, you want to know something? This because this when this movie came out, it was the same year that Multiverse of Madness came out, right? It's the the uh-huh. Doctor Strange movie. Yeah. Everything, everywhere, all at once is a better multiverse movie. Really? Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, I'll have to check because I think didn't was it Kevin Smith that said it? No, I think it was somebody else. But they're like uh, everything. I, I keep messing up the Everything, title, but that film all at once. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Hey, that film apparently is a much better Marvel film than Marvel can even try to conjure up now. Mm. I mean, they're not. They're not. It's just. It's so hard because I, I want to say that they're not wrong. That what you're saying isn't wrong, but it's so subjective, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. And then all because because I want to agree a hundred percent with that. Especially because when you find out that the VFX team for everything, everywhere, all at once, you can count them all in two hands. What? Let me repeat that. Yeah, the VFX team of everything, everywhere, all at once was less than 10 people, which also included the director, who was not a savvy VFX person. But they all came together. Whoa. That, okay, that's impressive. I had no idea. That, I think, definitely elevates everything, everywhere, all at once above Marvel. Because here we see Marvel films and Marvel TV shows that have not unlimited resources, but you have so much money. You have so much, so much, so many hands working on these movies. And people still feel money. And here we got everything, (laughs) everywhere, all at once. And... They're doing their best. Like yeah. Oh. T- 10 people on the VFX team, less than 10 people. Yeah. And I love like films that are more under underrated. And like, I don't know. A, a lot of people have given it a good, 
like critical reception. It, it's mm -hmm. gotten some good uh, reviews, but it like you wouldn't say it's like oh my god a big blockbuster film. I don't think it was like advertised that way, not necessarily, right? Because so, that's money, right? Yeah, advertisement. Mm -hmm. That's marketing more capital. Yeah, but even I don't know Marvel films nowadays. It's hard to. I don't know if they have a proper goal in place yet. Like I saw Thor recently. I don't oh, know. I have, have seen not that? seen that yet. Okay. All right. I won't spoil the film itself, but I will say this. There is no goal for the current phase that Marvel is in. Mm -hmm. Like, the, you know how Thanos was like, it was the ultimate goal at the end of phase three. Right. Now we're in phase four. I don't, I don't know where we're headed. Like nobody knows exactly where it's going. Now every Marvel film is like their standalone story. Mm -hmm. There is no like ultimate goal. Like who knows? Like why not introduce Apocalypse somehow? Reboot the X Men <laughs> series Apocalypse or or freaking what's that other guy's name uh, from the Marvel versus Capcom series? Ga Galact Galactus. Galactus. There you go. Like that guy is probably tons more powerful than Thanos. Why don't they somehow introduce? I don't know. I, I don't know. Just ideas. I, dude, I'm with you. I'm, I'm definitely with you there. I, I do think that right now where we are in phase four, definitely unclear where we're going. Mm -hmm. And I love it. I love the confusion. And I think Kevin Feige and everyone at Marvel, they're loving it too. They want people <laughs> to have these visceral reactions like, where are we going? This isn't what we <laughs> wanted. Or like, or the confusion, whatever it is, it's emotion, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what they want to do because I think they have a plan for everything, for, for X-Men, for, for, uh, for where the young Avengers, because they've been, because here's the thing. I, I think I said this in a previous podcast where right now we don't see what the bigger picture is because we don't know how big this picture is. Uh, Avengers one, Avengers one came out, right? And who was the big baddie? Oh, it was Loki. Oh, he was just the bad right. guy from, from Thor. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Who, who is he fighting with? Oh, the Chitari. We don't know much about him. Oh, but we, then we get to learn a little bit more about them in Endgame when Rocket Raccoon is like, you didn't destroy the mothership, you fucking idiot. <laughs> you know? It, it, it's all these callbacks and, and all these little seeds. And even at the end of Avengers, we're like, we get Thanos, but we just got him turning around in his chair. Mm -hmm. Or in Thor, we just no, no, it wasn't Thor where he grabbed his glove. I forgot what end credit movie scene that was where he was like, I'll do it myself. But nah. then even there, there was some continuity disputes because they were like, why does Thanos have he has gem? Like, what's going on? I don't know. He has to make a new gauntlet. Is that the gauntlet? There are a lot of things that weren't flowing. Like even there was a there was a gauntlet, an infinity gauntlet in in Thor's, not Thor's, in Odin's throne room. Do you remember? Oh, was that the one where the the collector was walking around? There was. I don't. I don't know if the collector was there, but I believe this is in Thor one or two, where they're walking around and you get a glimpse. Uh, it's where it's where Odin keeps that crystal not that crystal that cube that like freezes shit that that's what loki uses to like freeze everyone eventually in that treasure room you see a an infinity gauntlet just 
there as like ornament, right? And everyone's without like, the, without the stones in it, no stones. Oh, okay. I think there was a picture where you see some stones. I don't know, but but everyone was like, what is that? What is that? What is that? <laughs> Turned out to be shit, nothing. Because then in Thor uh. Ragnarok. Hela's walking through Odin's throne room, sees that same infinity gauntlet, and she goes, hmm, a fake, and she just tosses it. Ah, okay, yeah. So, like, right now in phase four, I forgot who said this, but someone explained it as we're in, like, phase four is the fallout phase of everything that just happened. So much shit happened, you know, so much. And I think it's, it's, it's very, what's the word? Kevin Feige and Marvel, it seems that they're being very delicate with how mm. fast they move. Because also, this is a good way to make money, you know? That is true. They're taking their sweet time, but that's true. Yeah, Lengthen it. Like, did you watch Moon Knight by any chance? No, not yet. <gasps> a beautiful piece of TV, if I've ever seen any. Oscar Isaac? Yeah? Okay. Dude. Right. It'll... it Like... <sighs> The one thing that's really just the mo- most annoying about people's criticism about, I don't know, Marvel, like Miss Marvel that came out or Moon Knight or even Obi-Wan the series, right? People's biggest complaints start after. Are you still there? Hello? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, good. What happened? I don't know. Uh, I, I still hear you, though. Uh, let me see. Let me try to connect. What's technical difficulties? Turn on camera. Hmm. Hey. Hey. And we're back. I don't know what just happened. There we go. Ah, it happened. Yeah. As you were saying, kind sir. Uh, yeah. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, just everyone's criticisms about all these shows. The biggest ones always come up after episode two or three. Mm. And it's like it's as if you're watching uh, Endgame. And you stood up halfway and we're, and we're like, well, this is bullshit. <laughs> this makes no sense. Where are we going? And it's like, you're only halfway through. Why are you complaining? Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Like, like a lot of people complain about Game of Thrones. Mm. And how, look how at... How so? Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm the, not an avid watcher. How so? Yeah, but because it started off really slow... But then by the time the season one ending came, the season one finale, everyone was like, no, not him. Why him? And I'm not going to say anything. Thank but. you. Okay. Because I have, because that was my problem. That's why I haven't been able to get into the show because season one is so It drags slow. on. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you give it, give it a chance, uh, it can grab you by the balls and just, it, it's, it's great. It's great entertainment. Okay. Okay, yeah. that twinkle in your eye makes me excited. Yeah, no, I'm ready oh for my it. God. But a lot of people didn't like the series finale. I think with a game, uh, with a show like Game of Thrones, you can't satisfy everyone. With mm-hmm. such a passionate audience, they're gonna be like, "No, that was BS." Like, or I honestly, yeah, it could have been better, but like, I, I don't know, like there's always going to be haters in my opinion and keep in mind they actually finished the show the finished the story of game of thrones before george rr R. martin could even finish the books Ooh, so, yeah. so so keep that in mind uh, wasn't he was, wasn't he because he wrote the scripts for the show too he outlined everything for the showrunners 
So the showrunners kind of just took that and rolled with it. But whether they actually followed that outline or did their own thing is up in the air. I I have no idea. So, um, yeah, George R. R. Martin is still working on the conclusion of the franchise itself, the book series at least. Still? So, still, yeah. Oh, my. It's been a while, (laughs) yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Still. And a lot of people are like giving him crap. They're like, dude, you're gonna die and not finish these books. What the hell is up with you? <laughs> it's so sad. But but like he's like, I'm working on other projects too. It's not just the book. So he's mm-hmm. he's taking his time, but you know, to each their own. Uh, it's the it's it's the double edged sword that comes with uh finding like really high success with your art. You know, people mm-hmm. start claiming ownership over it. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you didn't write Star Wars. You didn't write Game of Thrones. What, what, what gives you the right to say what should and should not be? It's Exactly. It's such a weird relationship. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's been closely working with the showrunners of all the prequel shows happening for Game of Thrones. There's so many going on. There's some, there's, they're working on it right now. So Jeez. there's a lot of in-development shows. And uh, speaking of HBO, The Last of Us show. My God, am I excited for that. I don't know if you know. I, With, you're probably not a PlayStation fan. But, but, oh, but I know of The Last of Us. That's how crazy of a video game that is. Oh, man. I'm Pedro Pascal as Joel. And actually, the girl, the little girl playing uh, Ellie in that show is actually another actress who played... Uh, she played a small princess in Game of Thrones, so she's actually brilliant. But um, I'll let you watch it. Uh, dude, I don't, okay. don't want to spoil. It. But yeah, no, dude, there's, there's just so much content out there. As a Metal My Gear God. fan, I heard. A, did you hear about the rumor of the Metal Gear live action? The movie, yeah. And then was it Pedro Pascal also for this? No, actually. Oscar Isaac. Oh, his boyfriend. Yes. So Jordan Vogt Roberts is directing the guy who directed Kong Skull Island, I believe. Oh, fine. He's fine. directing the film, and uh, they're working on the script as we speak. And Oscar Isaac, he was like, he was rooting for it. He's like, I want to play Solid Snake, and he got it. I'm like, yes, it just it looks like him. It's perfect. That guy is so ethnically ambiguous. He could play anything. Mm-hmm. He's he's brilliant. Um, even played uh, an Armenian person in The Promise. I don't know if you've heard of that, but no, I didn't know The Promise. What's that about? It's actually uh, about the Armenian genocide back in the early what twentieth uh, century. So back when the Ottoman Empire was uh, exiling a lot of Armenians and killing them off, doing evil things, uh, it's his journey through all of that and it's starring christian bale as well so god the poster looks like it's gonna make me cry oh man you're in for a treat <laughs> it's one of those movies that you're not gonna be the same afterwards yeah is, uh, and uh, yeah go ahead oh excuse me i was just gonna ask is there any armenian spoken in the movie there is, yes. Uh, I, I believe Oscar Isaac even speaks it himself, however, hey. with, with a heavy accent. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it, you can understand it, but it's, it's like, okay, he's not a native speaker. <laughs> and, 
So if you're like a native Armenian speaker, you can tell. But if like someone like me who isn't native, like would it, does he like fit in well in the movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's so He He even pulls off being an Armenian. Like he looks like he can be Armenian. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just more, more to the idea that we're just one people, man. All this fucking talk about we're this or that. Nah, dude. Yeah. I mean, identity is important and beautiful and who you are as an individual. I love it. But once you start imposing on others, that's where it's like, yo, hit the brakes, buddy. Yeah. Uh, Everyone has a right to be who they want to be and are. Damn. Right? Oscar Isaacs, dude. Oscar, dude, Oscar Isaacs. I fell in love with him more when I saw how upset he got after Star Wars, after... Because, like, I don't know if you heard, but I heard rumors that Finn and Poe had something romantic that was being laid out. Because, like, their relationship, you could see it as two bros, but they're really playful. Like, they're a little couple, man, and they really care about each other. And they try to do the whole, like, Finn and and Ray thing. But, no, Finn cares about Ray because that was his first friend after leaving the the the, the, the New Order or whatever uh, the bad fuckers what was it called first order god damn there it is i love that bad the bad fuckers (laughs) yeah oh that's great (laughs) but but i heard that they that originally that they they wanted to make poe and finn like that they were gonna have some romantic uh storyline and that they cut it out because of disney and that instead of having that we got the two ladies kissing at the end Mm. And, like, nothing okay. wrong with, like, two women being in love, but, like, it's like that trope in Hollywood where it's, like, they feel weird about having two men genuinely kiss out of love, but they're cool when chicks do it, you know? That's fine, but it's just... Yeah, double standard. That Yeah, and I just, like, again, not, like, of course I want to see two women who are in love, you know, express it after destroying the bad fuckers. Of course I want to see that. <laughs> but I think it would have been beautiful to, like, see Finn and Poe have this moment and... And I think they—I think they're not allowed to talk about it. But dude, ask Oscar Oscar Isaacs if you'll ever do another Star Wars project. He says no so fast. Really? Mm-hmm. And, and it's because of that. Well, not—it hasn't been said out loud because of that. But oh. Oscar Isaacs maybe feels a way. Again, all these things are just things I've heard rumor-wise. Nothing officially oh, okay. said because, of course, you know Disney wouldn't want to bring anything up about this. Even Lightyear, dude. Lightyear had some shit about because Pixar wanted Lightyear to be the first movie where they had an openly uh, gay affection shown, you know, gay couple just showing affection to one another. And I think it was two women. I think Mm -hmm. I haven't seen the movie yet, but all I read online was that before the movie came out, that Disney was putting pressure on Pixar to cut it or change the story. But really that word got, let me, let me find, let me see. And this is Disney who fired, what was it Gina Carano for what she said? What a bunch uh, of hypocrites, dude! Yeah, what the hell? It's, it's weird. It, and Gina was just, Gina was just sharing an opinion. Like, she, yeah, like, she's just that's, sharing that's, an opinion. And I don't get that. Why should you be canceled for sharing an opinion? You're not threatening the world to kill anybody, dude. It gets scary out there when we start just like completely shunning people, especially how easy it is to do now with social media. Just when they say one thing out of line. It's, it gets scary, dude. But let's yeah. see. Um, what are we searching up again? Fuck, I got lost. Oh, um, uh, 
uh, Pixar. Yeah. Lightyear. Um, anything? Uh, script. Let's see. Did, did you want to What was that? <laughs> Everything okay? Something fell. Are we all good, babe? My girlfriend's an artist. Oh, you're good, baby. You good? <laughs> She's like, she has a project going on right now. <laughs> Something falls. I'm like, you good? She goes, yes. She's super. She's like a MacGyver of sorts. But these from Yahoo News. Why Pixar's Lightyear has a same sex kiss and not an awkward handhold between queer characters. Milo, I know you're you're an ally. I get it, buddy. Uh, he's like, yeah. In the new yeah. Pixar animated film Lightyear, Space Rangers Buzz Lightyear works through a lot of character issues, uh, though having his best friends back isn't one of them. He's not, mm. o- not only, he not only knows and respects his lesbian commander, Alicia's sexuality, but is excited to hear that she's found love while stuck on an alien planet. Many people mm. in the real world haven't been so supportive. So, like, the second, the second this came out, you know, that Pixar wanted to do this, there were people that were happy, yeah, but you could bet your ass there were people who weren't happy and were trying to talk about how they don't want to have their kids manipulated or fucking coerced with the quote-unquote gay agenda. It's weird, but Pixar held strong because there's been times in the past where Pixar's made changes to scripts because, again... Maybe they wanted to try something that was a little less than what the conservative majority would like. Mm. Yeah, man. That just, just yeah. I don't know. That the whole creative like you gotta be a creative person to do what they do and Pixar, of course, and and Disney being as grandiose and you would think as liberal as they try to represent, uh they just, I don't know, they don't come off as, I, I didn't even know about that, honestly. Like, when you, until you told me about the whole Pixar thing, I, I thought that wasn't their choice. Maybe they just, like, last second couldn't make it into the film or something. But, no, like, wow. I, Disney's a bunch of hypocrites. I just, wow. <laughs> it's, it's business. That's what yeah. they'll tell you, right? Yeah. It's, just, it's just a business action. But let me see, Star Wars... Uh, Gay changes. Let me see. The rise of Scott. Scott uh, let me see. The rise of Skywalker. Disney cuts Star Wars same sex kiss. This is from BBC.com. Oh, yeah. Disney cuts the same sex kiss in Singapore. Oh, okay. That, oh, yeah, that that's scary too, man. When like China has so much influence as to what is in the movies we make here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, didn't they want to cut a part of Spider-Man No Way Home out? Which which part was it? I forgot exactly which part, but... Um, oh, yeah, no, they wanted to cut out the Statue of Liberty completely. <gasps> Even though, like, the <laughs> like the last like act of the whole film is, like, on it. So how are you going to cut that out? I mean, and also, if you don't like America... Wouldn't you want to see the Statue of Liberty get fucked up? And you're like, yeah, yeah fight on the shield. Fight on yeah. that. Oh, <laughs> you know? But obviously Sony rejected it and said, no, we're not changing that. So I'm glad they stuck to their guns. 
Mm, yeah it just makes you wonder what changes have been made you know it's just yeah i don't know the world's the world's crazy but i just try to enjoy the the content that we get lucky enough to consume because it wasn't like this before we never had this as kids no we didn't and you're right like we didn't we never read up on the tabloids the tabloids uh, yeah yeah I'm talking about stuff like this no but, but okay yeah. so I think now would be a lovely time to segue over to my favorite segment of the show. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned it in the beginning. I wanted to make you wait an hour till we did it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is the Inside the Actor Studio segment. That's not the official name of this segment. I don't want to get sued by Bravo, whoever owns those rights. Oh, wow. Uh, but yeah, but these are the questions from Inside the Actor Studio. Uh, do you know of the mm. questions, Sarkis? Uh. Uh, very uh, uh, not really <laughs> okay. I mean I just know, I know a couple of the questions that were mentioned in the previous podcast but no alright like, exactly no worries uh, well inside the actor studio you know the James Lipton asks actors on his uh, on his show 10 questions at the end of the interview 10 questions are always the same it's just a nice way to get to know you a little bit better uh, mm -hmm. nothing too crazy nothing crazy at all uh, not like your shoe size. Wink, wink. No, 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 no. <laughs> 13. What? Sarkis is oh, a 13? Around. Yeah. <laughs> 13. Yes. No, no, we're done. The, uh, circle. <laughs> it's like a cycle. It's like a circle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a baby's. Oh, no, stop it. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so the 10 questions. Are you ready for them, friend? Let's do it. All right. Question number one is, what is your favorite word? Oh, yay. The question that I knew I was going to get asked. <laughs> so um, I know in previous podcasts, you were told like some inspi inspirational words and stuff. I like the more playful words. I like words like supercalifragilisticexpialidocious or anti-disestablishmentarianism or simply just shart. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I, yeah, I don't... If I were to pick a word, I'd probably maybe pick espionage it's, it's such a fun word to say and it maybe it, maybe it's the metal gear fan in, in me because the headline of all metal gear fans was tactical espionage action and so uh, probably espionage nice yeah what is your least favorite word oh a lot of people would say moist right is that yeah. a common answer we got a knee uh, the other day a knee? Yeah, knee. Someone didn't uh -oh. like that. I I typically don't like the the trendy slang terms nowadays. Like at one point there was what fleek. I was I was so over that. Hey. I don't know what the current trendy terms are now, but those are what bother me. The, the trendy slang terms. <laughs> right on. What turns you on? What makes you happy? Um. Expressing my creative freedom. Um, I love writing. I'm a screenwriter. I, I write scripts, and that, that's what makes me happy. Sometimes I just I go on my phone's notepad and just write poetry. That's another thing that makes me happy. Yeah. Nice. Oh. What, what turns oh. you off? What makes you uh, unhappy? Ah, uh, so many things. But I would say the thing that stands out is people being bad to each other disrespect is what turns me off i 
my father has a good saying it he says if you don't um if you don't remember a person then you will never be remembered and it's 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 an armenian twist on respect because his father told him like if you don't remember your elders how are you going to be remembered right so uh definitely disrespect turns me off is just because you said that you got that from your dad and he got it from his father you said right mm-hmm. is you said it was a flip from something he learned is, is there an armenian way that he said that like the original way because i would love yeah. to hear it uh so that's the, that's the original he said my grandfather said if you don't remember uh your elders then you will not be remembered so it's like kind of respecting your elders in a way yeah dude just i, I mean can i hear it in armenian oh you want to hear it in Ar- yes okay. dude please uh, he, he said my my dad would always say this he says um yeah so thank you for sharing that thank you no problem. some good shit. yeah what sound or noise do you love Ooh. <laughs> i immediately my mind immediately went to uh mixing spaghetti <laughs> just like <laughs> that nasty uh yeah sound but no that's not my favorite sound um i don't that's a interesting question i don't think i've ever been asked that um damn oh man i don't know maybe i do like clicking sounds i will say that so the typing uh, on the keyboard, that's always fun to hear. Or like when there are like actual clicky buttons on devices, like on a phone's up, like volume up and down or power button even. I, I enjoy the clicks. Yeah, I enjoy clicks. Nice. <laughs> what sound or noise do you hate? Mixing spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back like a circle. Yeah, we're, we're exactly. Back. Like I said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say when people chew with their mouth open, that's disgusting. That's what I hate a lot. What is your favorite curse word? Ooh. <laughs> okay. Uh. <laughs> Does it have to be English? Not at all. Oh my god, even oh, better. Okay. Oh man. <laughs> I I probably shouldn't say it. My parents will hear this. <laughs> and they, um but in English, let's see. Ah, man. Curse word, curse word. I know we always look at the common words like B S F, you know. I kind of like cunt. I don't know. <laughs> it just has like a... Yeah, I don't know. I like... Maybe it's because British people like it so much. And it's it's not it's not very common here, but over there it's considered like horrible. Maybe cunt. Nice. <laughs> 
What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Mm. Carpentry. Mm. I would like to build stuff. That's always been interesting to me. Uh, ever since I was a kid, I loved building Legos. Try to imagine building something with your bare hands. That's like, that would be so cool. Yeah. What job would you not like to do? Hmm. Oh, man. I feel like whatever I say, it, like people are going to get insulted. <laughs> Like whoever, whoever is working in that career or profession, they're going to be like, what the hell did you say about me? Um, oh, man. Maybe working in garbage or waste management, that probably wouldn't float my boat. Yeah. And finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Your journey has been formidable. Hopefully now you can rest. Mm. Yeah. Well, we got into the end of the podcast, Sarkis. <laughs> oh, man. We got here. Already? We could have gone hours later. I want you to come back. That's why, dude. I'm like, oh, uh, man. I, can't, I can't drain you so quick. You know what I mean? I got to <laughs> like, I got to sparse it out. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it, man. Thank you so much for having me. Dude, my pleasure. And please... Um, if there's anything you want to share with what you're doing, I see on your Instagram, you have pride drool, um, advertise, please. Anything you want to share that you're in or coming up, please. This is your time. Sarkis, take it, take it away. Thank you. So yeah, uh, as Steven said, pride jewel is streaming now on uh, streaming platforms such as, uh, Amazon prime, uh, Google play, Apple TV, YouTube, Vimeo, you name it, it's on all those major platforms. So go check it out. Support your boy. I, re I would really appreciate it. And uh, another film that will be premiering soon that I got to work on more behind the scenes, uh, a film called Half Dead Fred. Uh, so look out for that premiering next month, but hopefully uh, on streaming platforms soon after that. Beautiful. All right. All right. And. That was episode 53 of the Why the F Not podcast. You made it to the end. You're here. You like Sarkis? I don't care if you did. I like him. I love him. I'm just kidding. Do you like him? I care. I'm, I, I'm conflicted. <laughs> oh, man. If you uh, want to catch up on whatever Sarkis is up to, what he's acting in, what he's been writing, well, just any funny stuff he's working on, makes funny clips, dude. Go check it out. Uh, you can check out his Instagram. He's at sarcastic underscore circus. Uh, and in his uh, Instagram, you'll find his link to the Pride Jewel film he was in. Uh, and that'll also be in the description uh, along with my links. Or just search up Stephen Brown Cortez wherever you got some social media stuff. I don't know. See what you find. Be interesting. It's like a roll of the dice. Uh, nothing bad out there. Nothing to just maybe some singing videos. Woof. <laughs> Oh, and don't forget, guys. Don't forget, y'all. Guys, y'all. Guys, gals, y'all. I like dudes. Dudes are like, he's a dude. She's a dude. They the dude. Because we're all dudes. Hey, yo, we just modernized that song, okay? Revolutionizing it. All right, don't forget you're enough. You're more than enough. It's crazy how enough you are. 
Bye.